Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. What's up? It's Metal Shop's Backstage Pass, episode number 130. Damn straight, man. We're back. and We're hanging out. And uh, if you have a chance and you're a fan of, uh, of rock and roll music, which I assume you are, you're a musician or you just love Dio and... You love, uh, you know, some some old school rock or Good metal stuff. Go check out uh, Ian's interview with uh, Vinny and Carmine. Yes. You'll find the uh, reason why they have two different last names, yes, spelled the same, and they are brothers. Yeah, if you've ever wondered about the Aposi <laughs> or the Apice brothers, uh, you can find out for sure. Vinny's kind of in that interview. He's just in the back, nice. rehearsing drums to Holy Diver. So that's pretty rad too. So you can check that out live. Uh, but so, yeah, go check that out. What's going on, man? You uh, you've been a little busy. You were gone for a week because yeah. you guys were uh, you were recording uh, a new record. Yeah, Tell we us were, a little bit about your experience. Well, here's the thing, right? So we weren't doing it all. It, w- it was a drum recording, but we knew and love you, Blake. We all knew we had to go just to make sure that it went right. So nice. We went up to Anacortes uh, to this studio called. It's called Unknown. And mm. it's in this old, old it's, it, it's in a Catholic church that was built in Anacortes in the early uh, 20th century. So it's like 1908, I think it was when it was built. Wow. So it's been reverted or like re- renovated into a recording studio. And you walk in the first thing like it's so it's in Anacortes. Yeah. And so beautiful uh, area. Anacortes is awesome. So let me start there real quick. So what I did find realize actually at that point when we when we drove up there into Anacortes to do this this album, uh, I put KISW on uh, on the radio in the car and was like, damn, dude. They can hear us up there. That's so, so awesome. So they can hear Metal Shop. They can hear everything that KISW does in Anacortes. So somebody in Anacortes is like, oh, my God. They're talking about my city. Somebody Shout out Anacortes. Ian was up in you. I was all up in you, Anacortes. But anyway, so we, we recorded at this really, really old studio, and um, they still have the confessional. Like, it's, it's a Catholic church. Oh, no. So they still have the confessional booth. Please tell me that was a vocal booth. It's literally 100 years old. No, thankfully not. <laughs> but I went in there, and one part of the confessional was closed off with, like, it was just, like, had something hanging over it. Sure. So I sat down at one part of it and closed the door in the darkness and slid the door open and just, I'm looking into a pitch black, 115-year-old confessional booth. Oh, my God. And uh, I kind of wanted to poop my pants because... I was going to say, did you touch scary, yourself dude. a little bit? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. No. I'm sure... So- in all honesty, though, when you're sitting in there and you're realizing, man, there's a hundred years worth of human being secrets... It's a lot of sins. ...in this tiny little booth. And they, they're like... Uh, bless you, my son, or whatever that they say in there. That's a dozen Hail Marys. And they're like, cool, now go play the drums. 
<laughs> you bitch. So it was a really cool spot. I kind of fell in love with Anacortes, actually. Nice. Up there. So Fidalgo Bay, the corner bar, people up there hear Metal Shop, man. And they, honestly, look like a bunch of Pantera fans. And you know what I'm talking about. I don't yeah, need to, dude. I don't need to go into detail about Hell what yeah. that is. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So what's up, Anacortes? <laughs> it was fun up there, man. Right on, man. We just got a message from Ryan the Beard. He said, F- I'm at band practice. So, oh, Ryan, Ryan the Beard. We told you. Big news for Ryan the Beard, though. The biggest tour that the Pound has ever been announced for it was just announced this past week. And uh, it, the number 12 looks like you is coming back, and they're doing a, a full U.S. tour, a, or at least a, a, a most of the U.S. tour, and yeah. Pound is going to be one of the main supports. So that's huge in their genre of music and, like, the kind of spazzy, uh, grindy, kind of, you know, uh, math metal. Yeah. That is, it, like, probably... Beside Dillinger Escape Plan, that's like the biggest band along those lines that they could go out with. Right, so and, that's and, huge. And Pound's making moves too, but not only that, but like they're they're a we- Pound as a West Coast band going back to the East Side of the country, man. Yeah, they're going they're up first... and down the East Coast, well, all down through the South. Yeah. So something that <laughs> kind of be great. Speaking of Pound, something that kind of tripped me out was uh, this past week uh, Ryan was showing me that there was a new artist. And uh, that there was sharing their demo on some uh, message board. Okay. And they said, for fans of Dillinger Escape Plan, pound. Oh, so for Ryan, fans of pound. Ryan was like, wait, we have fans? <laughs> so now they're being used as like a description, like a way to, it's like, holy crap. Hey, let's be honest, man. Pound's making moves. Yeah. And, and hey. Ryan's not here, so we can talk about you, dude. And th- this perfect way to segue into this is the fact that. We're just a, a week away from painting the grass. Yeah. and uh, It's going to be big. Next Tuesday is when it all starts. We got Witch Ripper starting off the day. Uh, Behemoth, Gojira, Volbeat, Slipknot is just day one, and that's a, the, kind of the metal day. Uh, and then Friday, we got Disturbed, In This Moment, Basement, Fever 333, Superfecta. Saturday, Pound is going to be playing main stage, White River Amphitheater, wow. to probably any massive amount of, and they are not the openers. They're, they're gonna, like fourth. They're going to blow up the speakers. Man. So, so <laughs> Pound going to catch on fire, dude. Pound is going to be playing alongside Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Corrosion and Conformity, just a couple big, big bands. No big deal. I hope that Ryan makes friends with like Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Yes. <laughs> In the background. Because, like, if you've ever bought uh, the Palace Law VIP tickets to the uh, Pain in the Grass Which experience, you should. Which you should. Hey, it's worth it because you get back to, a, like, a bar with short lines, and you get to hang out, if you're lucky, with the, the Motley Zoo uh, people who bring the puppies Animal rescue, and yeah. the kittens, man. So you know Ryan's going to be back there hanging out with Rob Zombie, hanging out with kittens and puppies, and that, God damn it, if that's not worth the price of admission right there. Uh, then you're f***ing stupid. Well, I mean, just last year, we get incredible amount of barbecue. Like Ian said, short lines for alcohol, cheaper prices. And also, uh, you get to, like last year, we got to interview Napalm Death, got to speak with Barney right. uh, in, in, in front lounge. of the audience. Right. So. so you can see the bands, you can talk to them, you'll hear us talking to them. And hear all, uh, all the performances. Stuff, yeah. We had Stoned Evergreen uh, Travelers played That's last right. year live. So, so. It's the, chaos, the pain in the grass, man. It's been a long time coming. It's been a project that's been a part of this radio station for decades. So please come hang out with a us. A week away, dude. Yeah. So trust uh, at least uh, for the Metal Shop Day, and we'll be there for all three days most likely. We'll make it worth your time. So please come out and hang out. Uh, you you want to, like, I don't want to hit the concert calendar intro or anything, but no. let's talk about some of these shows that are coming up here. Yeah, well. 
you know, we were just mentioning Painting the Grass, so now uh, there's some other shows down the road. These ones were just announced uh, just this past couple weeks. So uh, we've got Dragon Force coming back uh, October 8th at Elcor Zone, coming back with Dance with the Dead and Starkill. So uh, if, you're a, if you're a shredder, you want to go see Herman shredded up. Dragon Force coming back yeah. to town. What it's else we October got? October as it starts to get a little cooler, yeah. hopefully. Uh, coming up the 23rd, also at El Corazon, Wednesday, October 23rd. It's called From the Elementary to the Penitentiary Tour. Oh, sounds about right. This like, is the most negative I, tour in I the history of negative tours. I started cigarettes when I was 13. So much hate on this tour. I hate God, negative approach, sheer terror, final conflict, the accused AD and heiress. There's so it's punk, hardcore, metal, sludge, but all of the the combining factor, the one thing that like is the overarching theme on that show: negativity, hatred for mankind, mm. and just riffs. And it's one week before Halloween. So. Oh my god! We'll see you there. Uh, November nineteenth, twenty nineteen, at El Corazon, the return of Cave In. Uh, very cool. R.I.P. Caleb Schofield. One dollar from every t- ticket that's uh, sold to this Cave In tour is actually going to be going to Caleb Schofield's family. So he did leave that's behind cool. a child. I, I think maybe even a couple kids yeah. and a wife. So uh, you know him, for, uh, one of the founding members of Cave In. So it's going to be a great show. Cave In Helmsley and the Primals again, November nineteenth. All right. So this is one that actually. Uh, a buddy of mine, Mr. Joe from Arcadia Tattoo down in Fife. Shout out, Joe. What up, Joe? Bought me a ticket to go see this, so I, I'm going to be gone that weekend. Is that just, a Saturday? Just a heads up. I, I'm not sure if it, is, it might be. We'll find out. November 24th. This is me real-time Googling it. In Spokane. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday, so, so I'm I'll, going to. I'll probably yeah, be there and then just not go to sleep that night. Sounds good. And just get up and go. Yeah, go do it. Slayer, the final Washington State Slayer show, allegedly of all time. Slayer, Primus, Ministry, Phil Anselmo and the Illegals doing a Phil Terra set. Vulgar display of Phil. Yeah, so they're going to be doing uh, Far far Beyond Driven and Vulgar Display of Power songs with uh, Phil on some of the illegals, which arguably will be worth the trip. <laughs> I don't know who sees what, whatever Phil's up to. But November 24th in Spokane. Dude. The last chance that you get is to see Slayer. The watch. most 90s tour of all time. That's like, dude, it's the 90s in a tour. Slayer, Primus, Ministry, and Phil and Someone. That's like Ozfest. Like watching Beavis and Butthead. Straight up. For real, man. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So it's at the Spokane Arena. I'm going to definitely try and make it out yeah. to that one. We got to go. Uh, one that was announced yesterday, December 3rd at Numo's. This one is a riff master. High on fire with Power Trip, Devil Master, and Creeping Death. Nice. Yeah, dude. Power Trip is a blast. High on fire looks like it's a... Uh, uh, Matt Pike is hopefully better. He had to have like... Yeah, he got his part to of one his, of his toes cut part off. Part of his... Yeah, some... Uh, he had a diabetic problem uh, with his foot, so he literally got one of his toes chopped off. Well, uh, so, uh, looks like he's doing sounds better. Sounds like he's doing okay, yeah. So, okay, De- December 18th at Numos, man. We're talking, I can't believe we're already talking about the end of the year. It's the end of the year as we know it. Batushka's coming and we know it. So, this is, have you, do you know Batushka much? Uh, I don't Ian? know much about them, but I've heard a little bit of controversy about this particular. Well, see, this is, that's, there's like a litigation between founding members of Batushka and whatever, but aside from that, all of that, I don't 
yeah, really want to get into that. Comments on that. I don't really need to get into yeah, that. Yeah. All I want to know, all I want to say is that this band is straight up like, if you love the pageantry and the kind of like the craziness of like a ghost performance, but you actually want to hear like straight up raw black metal, like kind of uh, just insane melodic, but like really, really shredding black metal. But okay. you know, you like the kind of uh, like the the gowns and the the religious iconography of, of a ghost show. You're gonna love Batushka. This band's from Poland, and uh, they just put out a new record on Metal Blade Records. Super solid. And uh, I actually missed the last time Batushka came the Highline. So I'd say they made quite of an upgrade. Uh, their last show was at Highline. Now they're gonna be headlining Numos on their own. Well, it's making quite an moves. upgrade, man. Cool. So we'll see. That's December 18th. It's going to be nice mm-hmm. and cold outside and frosty. It'll feel like the Northwest again. You get to put your goddamn jacket and some jeans back on. And we'll be nipping. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be nipping out of Batushka. Hey, 35 years. Ride the lightning. It's a, a pretty crucial record, I'd say. You know what? Goddamn right. The second Metallica record of all time. Obviously, Kill 'Em All came out the year before, uh, and then Ride the Lightning is what I, I think really uh, set them up for like oh, th- yeah. the run of a lifetime. Obviously, Kill 'Em All has some rippers, but arguably, Ride the Lightning's their best record. Uh, some people say Master of Puppets. Mm. I personally have a have a very very. Uh, g- Big place in my heart for Injustice for All, but Ride the Lightning is just iconic. Yeah. Uh, the album cover, it's just incredible. And uh, I mean, seriously, well, this is fight fire with fire, Ride the Lightning, for whom the bell tolls. Ride the Lightning Trapped is Trapped under like, ice, Creeping Death. Dude, Creeping Death, unfucking fuckable as far as I'm concerned, man. And that's like the goddamn truth. And here's the thing, like, this is before Cliff Burton unfortunately passed. And Cliff Burton was a dude who spent so much time. He was like a dime bag. Like he spent, he would like lock himself in his bedroom and just sit down and play riffs and play bass and learn and like study the music. And he was one of the dudes who sat down with Metallica, with, with Lars, and, and just everybody in the band was like, hey, here's how you play your instrument. So when Ride the Lightning came out and Creeping Death and Trapped Under Ice and all those songs, man, they really like stepped it up for this record. And so 35 years of Ride the Lightning uh, is the first album that I, first heavy metal album I ever bought. So woo, I guess I started in the right place, but man. Uh, this is the first metal album you ever bought? The first heavy metal album I ever bought. Tell us a story. Where'd you pick it up from? Well, first of all, okay, I mean, I'll tell the story now. I've told it before. We'll do it again. I was at, uh, remember Incredible Universe? Super Mall. In the Super Mall, which is now known as Super Mall or whatever in Auburn. Shout out there. Auburn. When it first no, opened. No, it's the Seattle Premium Outlets, bro. Yeah. Whatever it is now, it used to be called Incredible Universe. And I remember getting an advertisement in the newspaper when I was about nine or ten years old, mm-hmm. which was probably in like 1994, 1995. And my parents were, and my dad, who was a software engineer at the time, was like, yo, we're fing going to this place and it's going to be awesome. And they had a, like uh, like a little child child care unit where my dad was like, "Hey, we're gonna stick him there." And I was like, "Hey, what the f- man? I'm old enough. What the?" F-? And so we sat down. He, like they stuck me in there, and I got to play Sega Genesis Lion King mm. on Sega Genesis. That's Latin, funny because you know. I actually bought Lion King on Super Nintendo from Incredible Universe. See, that's exactly all right. And that so, game sucks. It's and, so hard. So uh, they came back and checked on me just to make sure that I wasn't like burning the building down, which is probably a smart move on their part. Yeah. So they grabbed me, and I was like, "Yo, I got to get out of here." So they took us into like with the equivalent of uh, you know, there's like the big box electronic stores now. Of course. 
And it was the first time. Shout out Circuit City. It was before that. It was before any of that. And there were like 10 huge 60-inch TVs, which at that point was, was a big insane. deal. Right. And they were all synchronized together. So the first song that I heard was Janet Jackson doing Cat Scratch Fever, a uh, Ted Nugent cover. <laughs> and then uh, this uh, Metallica live sh- binge and purge. Oh, yeah. Uh, the DVD or the not the... The DVD, DVDs didn't exist at that point. So this was VHS that they were selling. The first time I'd heard it, and I was standing in there about 10 years old, and it was loud. Like, I looked around, and, like, kids with their, like, you know, families with their kids and strollers were like, we need to get out of here. And I was in there by myself because my parents just dropped me in there and were like, okay, good luck. (laughs) Good luck with that. Good luck, buddy. And I went... That was that moment where I went, man, this is dope, and I need to be involved with whatever is going on here. So that was my first experience with Creeping Death. And uh, Little Ian's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah Life yeah. Sh- Binge and Purge, what was that? 1989 that, that they filmed that in? Like at the uh, uh, the Kingdom. Yeah, the Coliseum. Yeah, or no, it was the Coliseum. Yeah, the Coliseum. Do you see that? Like I was, I was a youngin', <laughs> so. You're like. Yeah, Metallica. <laughs> yeah, I need him. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, my parents were like, "You need to go to bed at seven p.m." And I'm like, "I'm nine. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm so, nine. Happy thirty fifth birthday to Metallica's Ride the Lightning. This Saturday, we'll be jamming some of that on Metal Shop. Um, there's no way to transition into this nah. other than just saying we have some unfortunate news. I mean, it's 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 such a sad thing we were uh friends with this man and uh he was an incredible force in the world of of northwest music northwest hardcore northwest metal uh a man by the name of ron gardapi uh lost a battle with cancer earlier today he was on hospice care for uh, a few days Uh, unfortunately he did have cancer and uh he he did pass away uh ron gardapi was a singer of a band called brotherhood uh iconic hardcore band here in seattle you might not have heard of them but uh you know there'll probably be no undertow no trial um you know no a lot of a lot of a lot of hardcore bands sunny day real estate i mean we're talking about people who now playing foo fighters uh the band sun and the record label southern lord uh greg anderson played in brotherhood uh ron really was i mean he was he was a metal kid who started singing for a hardcore band and then he 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 uh sang for brotherhood he sang for resolution sang for a band called die down he toured with orange nine millimeter he toured with seaweed and he left a an impression on everyone around that he was friends with. Uh, John Pettibone got into John Pettibone from Himsa, from from Eris, from from so many bands. He from Undertow got into hardcore because Ron was making him cassettes, making him all these mixes when he lived in Bremerton. So, uh, Ron, Ron would be the kind of guy who would. Uh, in fact, let me ju- let's just iterate this right here before we get too far down the line. Uh, we are going to be doing and hosting, hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, a special Ron Gardapi uh, tribute s- session podcast here where we can kind of roundtable with some of his friends, right? And, and like get some of the uh, the more f- the formative members of of Seattle Straight Edge, Seattle Hardcore. Uh, back in into the studio here so we can talk about this specifically. But one thing that I want to iterate before we're done talking about Ron, at, at the very least, is he, he, he saw something he wanted to do that didn't already exist and, and, and paved the way and created something new, which is really hard to do uh, unless you're a really awesome guy. 
and you got a lot of passion. You got a love for the music and everything else. So, Ron, we're, man, I wish we could have. Ron would have loved to have been in here. With no, absolutely, us, man. and 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 he loved Metal Shop, and and that's one thing I remember is the first time I met him, Brian Skiffington. Uh, hopefully, you're listening to this, Brian. He's a uh, used to play in a ton of hardcore metal bands. He still does play in some bands, but a uh, big uh, guy that, that uh, he, I mean, as far as like big uh, influence in, in hardcore in his uh, own own way, he booked a ton of shows in uh, Tacoma and Seattle. But uh, he introduced me to Ron, and and he was like, Ron really wants to meet you. He heard that there's a hardcore kid who hosts metal shop and uh and he came up to me and was like holy shit yeah. it's the guy from metal shop and i was like wait a second ron brotherhood is well, excited yeah. to meet me <laughs> yeah, that's... this icon this fucking legend is excited yes. to meet me and so uh you know he was just kind of reiterated and he was just like he would always come up to me and be like you know you gotta play the good <laughs> right and he was just like you know you have so much power you got to play the good stuff. Well, man. I remember the first time I met him too was in the same situation where, like, because you and I had hosted Dead Air for, you know, the goddamn better part of a decade, right? And so we were responsible for putting spotlight on some uh, one era of that genre and knowing about Ron, especially his brotherhood. And I really, really, really want to dig into this. We can, we should get Tim. Tim Trust up here, too, oh, at yeah. some point. And he was talking about, like, because uh, he was, you know, from down south, and he said, hey, if you have you ever been to Brotherhood Park? To any hardcore kid or punk or metalhead mm-hmm. that came to town, and, and if they ever were like, what are you talking about? He was like, I knew instantly they were a poser because <laughs> they didn't know what Brotherhood Park was. So we're talking about Cary Park, yeah, the iconic photo down there. And, and Ron, like... Having gone through all of these like scenes, having toured and met all these people, to, for him to be so excited and seeing him talking to you and him coming up to me even and being like, man, I'm so I've been looking forward to meeting you guys. This is so cool to meet you. And that seems to be the repeated story mm-hmm. that I keep hearing. And he had went out of his way for like young kids in different cities. He would drive you know, 100 miles to go pick some kids up, bring them to a show and hang out for the weekend. And the kids would be like, damn, I can't believe he just did that. Why? You know, he was just excited to see us as we were to see him. Yeah. And what I what I remember most about him saying to you and I, and I think it was at Numa's for one of those Rainfest shows. Yeah. And he said, you guys are the tastemakers now. And I kind of stepped back and was like, "Uh oh, damn, that's. Deep. That's a hefty. It's a hefty burden. Yeah, you guys are the tastemakers. So <sighs> Ron, Ron was an awesome dude. He was a great Northwest hardcore elder of heavy music. He uh, helped pro- procreate all of this. Uh, all of this stuff that we still. He's have our now. daddy. So, I got- so Ron, rest in peace. And look, but we do need to commit fully yes. to having a full episode about Ron. Now these are two stories that are lighthearted. I do not want to bring. <laughs> I do not want to put these on that episode. Okay. So I do want to bring these up. Two things. One is I remember we were at a Highline show, and it might have been a Blackbreast show, and we were drinking beers. And this is Ron Brotherhood, uh, you know, yep. singer of an yep. old straight edge hardcore band. But he <laughs> liked to party, he liked to drink, smoke cigarettes. Oh, you know, lo- I love drinking beers with Ron. Oh, he's the best. And so you know, I. Was I had my Facebook app open and I was like, "All right, I'm hanging out with Braun Brotherhood. I'm gonna write. Give me one quote to put on Facebook to quote you at uh, Ron." And and he goes, "All right, I love drugs." <laughs> so I put up on Facebook and it show, still shows up in my memory and I'll I'll post it oh at, from time God. to time. 
I love drugs, quoted Ron <laughs> Brotherhood. My oh. next quote, or my next memory <laughs> is- uh, one of my favorite parts about that, dude. I love drugs. So we were- uh, The dichotomy, and, man. Yeah, the singer of a straight-edge hardcore yeah. band. So, or like pictures of him like drinking <laughs> beers while wearing a Chain of Strength t-shirt, right? It's just, it's so Ron. It's great. Eating uh, some chicken wings. <laughs> and uh, so, so there was a time when we were hosting Metal Shop, and he was texting me like, hey, dude, play this, play that, play this. And he was, a, he was at a house party in Spokane. We couldn't play all of it, but, you know, we just, out of nowhere, we threw on- brotherhood and about half an hour he goes later he goes dude you played me brotherhood and that totally got me a lot of points with this lady (laughs) run that was awesome damn it man i'm gonna miss that guy and like i really was telling my girlfriend yesterday i wish it's just like anything i wish i got i wish i could have had one more conversation with that dude i wish we could have had him in here for one more interview or like done one more thing with him um, and he was a younger, uh, relatively younger guy. Yep. And uh, Ron Brotherhood deserves a little attention, goddammit, because of all the things that he did. All the shows that you've seen here in this Northwest, Oh yeah. you have no idea how intrinsically like tied to the early movements of heavy music in Northwest that this guy was, so... And I, if you have a chance, uh, actually, there's a, an awesome episode of a podcast uh, called "I Know You Too Long," and yeah. it's by a guy named Dave, Dave. Larson. What's up, uh, Dave? He is uh, he's just uh, Dave Larson himself did a lot of of awesome stuff here in the Northwest in the early '90s and '80s and whatnot. And uh, he ran a label called Excursion Records. Anyways, he does these long form podcast conversations with people that have had an effect on on his life. And one of them was with Ron Gardepi, uh, Ron from Brotherhood that we're talking about. Now, go out of your way to listen to that episode before we get ours up. Uh, You know, we'll probably be um, kind of talking a bit about that episode maybe and maybe even playing clips from that uh, podcast yeah. and and kind of but give yourself a primer with that sit down listen to it enjoy listen to some brotherhood try to find some resolution some die down just you know go into that well also how about hang out how about us. this also like ron started and ron went through a lot of different phases as a as a heavy music fan but at the end of the day, he was always down for the local stuff. He was always down for good bands. He was uh, speaking truth to power. And if you were f***ing up, he would definitely tell you about it. He was like one of the most legitimate dudes. He was a, he was a, he was a mailman yeah. <laughs> for years. A metal mailman. So he wasn't f***ing around, man. And he didn't take a whole lot of shit either. So I'm so looking forward to that. And at the end of the day, man, like that guy was rocking Slayer. He was a metalhead, man. And one thing and he loved metal shop, and he was a big, big ass metalhead. And one thing I respected about Ron is we may not have agreed politically. Like he was definitely right. conservative, yeah. right wing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not, but like I, I like that he was his own person. Yeah. In the sense that he had his own ideas. He didn't just go along with the flock. Didn't just go along with the herd. He had his own political views. His own, you know. And and it's easy to just kind of have the echo chamber of repeating the same thing. And and he was outspoken with what he believed. So Ron, you know, he was his own person. He was strong. He was he was in your face. He looked in your face. He looked like an animal, but he was a sweetheart. And he was just. He was a teddy bear, man. Yeah, he was always intimidated. Come up to you and be like so excited. What's up, bro? And you'd be like, I'm good, man. I love drugs. <laughs> and so, real talk, let's make it a goal to get uh, a roundtable going about like old school heads from the Northwest who knew Ron when he was young. And people- uh, We got to get Christina in here. F- yes. 
So just if, if you're listening and you knew Ron, uh, and even if you didn't, look forward to that. Because trust me, it's going to be um, like a litmus test, like a history lesson for heavy music in the Northwest. Well, I'll get a little schooled, I'm sure. It's going to be great. All right, let's keep going, man. Let's keep going with the podcast here because we don't want to make this because I want to dedicate that next hour Absolutely, or two for the yeah. next one. So Phobia got a brand new album coming out as we carry on here with Metal Shops. This guy's nasty, fast. dude. They're dirty. Gee, it's, I, I wonder if it's going to be grindcore. Gee, I wonder. <laughs> Their new album, uh, Generation Coward, coming out August 9th. Uh, should we test out a sure. little? Uh, it's probably going to be like 10 seconds long. So yeah. It's on Willow Tip, so yeah, yeah. definitely. Here's uh, Phobia Imbecile. It's Metal Shop. Uh, backstage back. Dude, that's uh, that's something that'll certainly get you going if you're running on the cardio and you're like, man, I gotta get something <laughs> fast and intense. Just throw on some, uh, throw on some of that, yeah. and uh, by the time uh, you're done with your workout, you'll have listened to their entire discography. Literally, yeah. That uh, song is 59 seconds long. <laughs> so, in the complete opposite realm of music, a band called Kill Switch Engage, uh, a little bit more melodic than Phobia. If Would you, you imagine call that. that the complete opposite? No, maybe not. Yeah. But in the within in the, the realm of, of heavy music, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Uh, so they uh, are actually. This is kind of cool. They've uh, they've they've uh, switched labels uh, for the longest time actually since they started they've been on Roadrunner Records and uh, they are now on Metal Blade Records they're going to be coming out with a record called Atonement August 16th uh, on Metal Blade Records and uh, this album actually features Testament's frontman Chuck Billy as well as their old vocalist Howard Jones that's cool which is very cool that's cool Jesse Leach Howard Jones they made friends again yeah. So they're able to uh, to do that and have Howard Jones back on, and uh, mm, it's kind wanna... of happy family. There's a new song called "I Am yeah. Broken" to brand new Kill Switch Engage. Brought up, bought off a piece. Let's check out some of these singies. Uh oh. Yeah. Here's a little piece of the brand new Kill Switch. Check it out. Sounds like Kill Switch. Look, here's what I will say about this is that like anytime a band loses a member or parts ways with a member, uh, it's very rare, especially in the metal world and in a world where they're successful, there's a lot of money flying around. It's very rare that they are uh, able to come to uh, agreement or like, you know, they maintain a friendship yeah. because, you know. The music business is still a business, so it's cool to see that Howard Jones is going to be on this new album uh, with Killswitch Engage, man. So, yeah, Killswitch still making moves, still losing hair, getting old, just like the rest of us. I was just listening to Killswitch Engage. What was that record? Uh, they're a big one from like 2003. 
Uh, the end of heartache. The end of heartache. Yeah. I was just listening to that yesterday. It's uh, still good, man. Listening to that in my CD player in my car, the original copy that I got from like Fred Meyer yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and I was blasting that with my windows down. That was a great, great sing along. I I remember great, every lyric to every song on that record Amen. still. So me too. Me too. Fixation, not the darkness. Hey, that's called that song's got riffs, man. Kill Switch, Adam D is uh, he's kind of like a he's a, he's a, he's got something special, man. He's a pop metal master. Uh, Wormed coming out with the new album actually just came out last week on Seasons of Mist. Uh, let's check out this new song, uh, Remote Void. Wormed, uh, it's heavy. I bet it's gonna be blasting. Oh wait. wow! Oh that's no, that's Kill Switch. Yeah, that's Kill Switch. <laughs> it's a little different. All right, well, let's keep listening to that so I can figure out where that's coming from. Maybe the Windows Media Player? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so let's get some worm, dude. All right, here we go. Let's try it again. <laughs> Wormed. This is Remote Void off of Meta Portal. Let me, okay, so there's a little news story about Wormed. I'm going to try and read that in the Wormed vocals, okay? Okay. Let me Wormed see what you got. Premier a new song called Wormed Green. Wormed Green. Wormed Green. Wormed Green. Sounds like an, uh, a, a brutal poetry. <laughs> That's actually right. not bad. All right, cool, dude. Kevin's got uh, power voc- power metal vocals, yeah! and ridiculous. Wormed, a new album, uh, Remote Jesus Void. Jesus Christ, I need some water. July 19th. Uh, already out now. It's already, already out now, god damn it. <sighs> Sacred Reich. Sacred right. Reich, dude. Yeah, Sacred you Reich. need a break. I'll take yeah. Sacred Reich, uh, making moves, man. It's been a while since they. Uh, oh, first album in twenty three years. Uh, Manifest Reality is the new song uh, coming out here, and it was actually the video that they did was directed by Mark Pellington, who's uh, done videos for Foo Fighters and U two. Oh yeah, they're on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> Sacred Reich, Foo Fighters, U <laughs> two, no big deal. <laughs> Ugh. Calm down. It's that disease that's floating around this radio station. Odorous bless you. Yeah. Sacred Reich, new album, though. It's, uh, it's actually sounding really, really cool. Uh, the first album in 23 years Jesus coming out. Christ. is that'll be e- easy to remember. 23 years, August 23rd on Metal Blade Records. Awakening is the album. And uh, let's check out a little piece of this new one, Manifest Reality. 
No, this is Kill Switch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna spin kick you right in the face, dude. Okay. Sounds oh, like that's, worm. Yeah, it's worm. <laughs> hey! Alright. I'm fired. This is comical. I'm losing my job, dude. Alright, we'll skip it ahead. This is comical for you! Rift City. Sacred Right. Got a lot of hyper jersey, white boy! No, that's overkill. Sorry. Skipping halfway in. Alright. Well, I'm into it, dude. And uh, Sacred Reich's coming to town with Guar, Toxic Holocaust, and Against the Grain. It's the Use Your Collusion Tour, Monday, August 21st, at the Showbox Soto. So you can have a chance to see those songs live. Say use your collusion tour. Use your collusion tour. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. that's a. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick a wooden spoon in the mix and just stir it around a little bit. Fit for an Autopsy has a new song called Mirrors. They have uh, The Sea of Tragic Beasts uh, coming out October 25th on Nuclear Blast. Uh, let's preview a little bit of their new song, Mirrors, if you're into the mosh, deathcore, mick, hammers. Mick hammers. Balls. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, like, we played this song last week on Metal Shop. First minute of the song, it's like, nice and calm. Ethereal. And, and then it's like... F*** you! <laughs> yeah, alright, let's, let's skip to that. Let's skip to that part. Is this what you would call melodic deathcore? Post deathcore. <laughs> Post deathcore. Is that a thing now? Sure. It's been what 14, 10, 14, 10 13, 12 fing years that it since deathcore became a thing? Post deathcore. I don't know about you, but we're like melodic ethereal post-deathcore. Now that that fit for an autopsy. I like that actually. It's it's a good song. Speaking of post. Chris Adler is now post Lamb of God. See what I did there? Uh, yeah. You like that little transition? Yeah. It's what we call radio magic, Ian. Yeah. It's called Segway Alicious. That's what the episode's going to be called Segway Alicious. Segway Alicious. Episode 130, Segway Alicious. Segway Alicious right. into a post death core. Wow. Uh, Lamb of God <laughs> has parted ways with Chris Adler. Uh, they have replaced an announcement. Uh, they've replaced. They've announced yeah, a replacement. Come on. God. Today, Junior. <laughs> All right. So, uh, dude is a beast behind the drums, but last year he was actually in a motorcycle accident and hasn't quite been the same. Um, obviously, he recorded on the last Megadeth record. Uh, he's, he, like I said, a beast. Uh, his, his brother is in Lamb of God. He's been a founding member of Lamb of God, but... Uh, He's out. He's out, man. He's uh, out. Unfortunately, uh, Art Cruz has, announced, uh, has been announced as Adler's replacement. He's been playing... 
drums on the on the most recent tour. I'm about to burp. Hold on. Yep, do it. Oh. Well, the thing about Chris Adler is like had to get it out there. Uh, before that, he was also like a studio like for high. He was like a hired gun. Mm. Like he did uh, drum work on the last Protest the Hero album. Oh wow! And like he's uh, was in a lot of bands who could afford to hire him to do some awesome drumming. Yeah. So the question is, what's what's he gonna do next? So, I just hope he's able to recover so that he can at yeah. least play. Play drums, yeah. Whether because he's a great drummer, whether or not he's going to be a full time touring musician or not is, is you know we'll tell. But let's just hope that he's able to uh, go back at what he, to what he loves and to what has uh, made him a living. All right, hey, the Showbox man. We've been talking about uh, the Showbox here in Seattle. Obviously, Metal Shops Backstage Pass is a Northwest oriented uh, radio show or radio podcast. Good damn it! And we've been uh, talking about. The future of the Showbox, which is one of our most famous uh, landmarks and music venues in the Northwest in general as kids. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're from the Northwest, you probably were there. I saw my one of my first shows ever when I was 13 years old at the Showbox. I'm sure Kevin's got – we've got stories – Forever, and we've been worried about uh, what they've been calling the fight to save the show box because it had been purchased uh, and scheduled for initial shutdown to start with, and then uh, eventually, like, a demolition uh, to make room for what would become a 50, 60 story, basically, luxury condo yep. apartment complex. And uh, so this, and we've been trying to pay attention to it. So long story short, the just this week, the Showbox finally, through the Seattle City Council and the landmark uh, unanimous vote, right, unanimous vote through the uh, the landmark. Uh, what, what what's the board called? The landmark decision in board, whatever they're called. Uh, historic landmark. Yes. Uh, the, yeah. The Seattle historic Seattle. You're right. So anyway, the landmark preservation board, which I've, I've learned how to read, I could probably figure out. They voted uh, just this last Wednesday that the show box would be designated as a historic landmark under, quote, criteria C and D. So everybody who had been working really hard to, to save the, uh, the show box, the downtown market show box, uh, took a step back. Had a couple of beverages for a night for a brief celebration, but the battle is not over to sell, you know, you know, to keep that going. What is needing to happen is that, long story short, they're going to try and put together the money and the funding to purchase the venue from the owner at a... The not, people who bought it and right, are trying to build it not, into condos. Right. Not a quoted, not a discount rate. But at a realistic rate and people who are trying to make money and knock it down, not happy about it, man. And I mean, I, I guess it makes, it sense. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They bought it in what they believe was to be fair deal. Right. Yeah. So, and, so and, I mean, the show box was built in 1917. Damn. And was uh, remodeled back in 1939. In the 70s, it was a dance club, and then it was shut down for a while, and it's kind of shuttered up for five or six years. It's come and gone and come and gone as a venue. But uh, it's been the source of downtown Seattle live performances for almost for over a hundred years. That place is incredible. The the sound there is awesome. The venue itself is so good with the scooped ceiling and just the whole vibe of it. It's like the perfect size. It's just the best venue, man. I love the show box. Uh, 
and that would be such a freaking bummer to to have that go. So you know, everyone's kind of crossing their fingers. But, but more than that, they're they're you know getting out the the word and 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 showing up to these meetings and and trying to really you know rally behind it. So so here's what I will say as we're listening. I'm not sure when you as a, a listener are hearing this right now, but today is July 23rd. So normally we don't like spout out the fourth. You know, we don't pull the curtain back that far. But council Seattle City Council member temporarily expanded the boundaries of the Pike Place Historic Market District, which okay. is, you know, you've ever been to Pike Place Market or as a tourist in Seattle, you know what I'm talking about. Damn it. So what they did is they expanded the uh, uh, this to include the show box. Nice. But just last month, they gave it six months after July 23rd, which is today. So we're going to find out. They've got half a year to figure it out. And then after that, I think it might be over. So we'll, we'll find out. Uh, King County judge ruled the city violated due process by expanding the boundaries, calling it a, quote, illegal re, a spot rezone. So it's in court, man. We'll, we'll find out. We're safe-ish for another little while, but we'll find out what happens with the show box here. And we'll keep you updated as more information comes on in. And now that the episode is about to come to an end, we could not finish things off without entering the Brutal brutal Poetry Lounge here on Metal Shop's Backstage Pass, where we even get even more raw than we would on the regular episodes of uh, Metal Shop. So the idea is we go a little deeper into the heinous realms of these bands and, and try and decipher some lyrics to some truly rotten, rotten individuals. This week, Ian will be reciting lyrics by a band called Aborted. From their album, The Purity of Perversion, their first full-length record that came out in 1999. Here is Ryan the Beard's favorite pastime, gurgling rotten f***. Take it away on brutal poetry, Ian. Anal excretion. Innard purification. Stinking liquid mass. Gushing out of your Come forth to me, object of perverted lust. Innards deformed and sliced anatomy lies scattered. Gore and bile are spewing out of your s- Mangled and defiled anal tract removed. Mm. I on your face. You swallow my s- Ebola contaminated by Through putrid stench. On your face, you devour my entrails. Whip me! Object of lust, punish me, supreme masochism. Gutting and hacked, supreme masochism, festering slime like bowels reek like. I your cadaver. Necrotic. Cranial pulp. Bubbling through your Ebola contaminating millions, your vomit. You vomit your brain. And Jesus Christ. (sighs) Gurgling rotten. Right. Aborted. Uh, Thank you, Ian, I think. Hey. It's a good song, man. (laughs) (laughs) The Purity of Perversion. Brutal Poetry 2 Opera Radio. 
We'll be back uh, with a roundtable yeah. about Ron Gardapeach. <laughs> and uh, about Ron would have loved that. Yeah, though. that's true. That's he true. He would have loved it. It's a very Ron thing <laughs> to talk about that kind of garbo. Heinous stuff. He, he had a hell of a sense of humor. So anyways, <laughs> it was episode 130. Yeah, love ya. And uh, yeah, man. Let's catch you guys on the flip side. Peace. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.